Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. Really hope we see you there. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I found peace when I stopped trying to control shit. When I stopped trying to control that little voice in my head. When I stopped trying to like be the perfect healed woman. And I just started letting things Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Monday, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, or Thursday, whatever, whatever. Happy day. (laughs) Happy everything. Hi guys. Um, How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I have not seen you this week. I've hardly even spoken to you. I've I've had a couple of blunt texts. I've been left on red a couple of times. And then I got an accusation last night from you that I was a boomer. And that's the only communication that you and I have had this week. <laughs> that's so funny. Because I was like, last night I was going to send you a message that said, have I done something wrong or are we just drifting? And then I was like... <laughs> I... <laughs> oh my God. That is hilarious. I nearly sent you one on Tuesday because I'd gone to an event that... And when I spoke to Harry, who does the PR of the event, she was like, oh, I think Al was going to come, but like, she's not here. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I sent you a text and then we had this conversation. And then, and then I was like, oh my God, are you annoyed with me? And then I nearly sent you a text in the afternoon being like, are you annoyed with me? And then I was like, oh, grow up. <laughs> she's not annoyed with you. We're not doing this. <laughs> so it's fun. pathetic. So I didn't send it. <laughs> and I did the exact same thing last night. It was like, mm. Am I attention seeking? Is it probably okay? She's just busy. Yes, probably. <laughs> well, I thought you were just busy. You had the glamour awards. You'd never look more beautiful. And I was just like, she's too. And you were sitting there with all of those About like, superstars. Podcast. I was like, she is gone. She doesn't even know me anymore. Like, and also, it's so unlikely when I said, Are you coming to the event on Tuesday? And you just said no. And I was like, but what are you doing instead? Where's the excuse? Like, this is very unlike Alex. Normally, if, if you say no, you're like, shit, sorry, no, I, and then justify it, which you shouldn't do. So I was proud of you for not doing it. But it still sent me into a private spin. <laughs> oh, I, I do apologise for that. Sorry. It's okay. Oh, at least we've, at least we've got through this. <laughs> okay, so no one's mad. That's good. We're all good. No one's mad. We're still friends. Whew. Your hair looks very nice today. Have you tonged it? I have, yeah. I cleaned it and I tonged it. And you know what? You know what? This Go isn't on. a bad or good or an awkward, it's just an observation. Like, my whole body is just not something I recognise. And I realise, objectively, yes, the fringe was a good idea. Like, it's a good haircut. But yeah. I shouldn't have done it. Everything else in my body is changing. Like, my boobs are different, my tummy is different, my legs are different. I've gained weight everywhere, my face looks different. Everything is different. 
why the fuck did I then make different the only thing probably that I could have kept the same? So I think it's completely messed with my identity and I shouldn't have done it. Like any other time, fine. But since I've had it, I've looked at myself and I'm like, who is this trollop? Because <laughs> everything's different. So and now I'm like, you know what? I just can't sit looking fucking rank every day because it's just, it's making me too sad. So even though I haven't got anywhere to go today apart from to the hospital for a checkup and, I've, and I look good. I got dressed. Yeah, you look, yeah, yeah, you yeah. look really good. Yeah, really and good. I'm, I'm wearing, I'm not wearing leggings. I'm wearing maternity jeans. Oh, wow. I know. And boots. I just, I had boots. I've got it. I have to get a grip of myself. Boots, little boots. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, I think the hair looks really good, but I understand that it's contri- contributing to your identity crisis. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm feel, I feel for you for that. <laughs> um, how's your week been? It looks like it's been so glam. Yeah, anything good or bad? Please tell me there's an awkward to counterbalance all the, all the good. Yes. Okay, well, I feel like I have to like give you my good, bad and awkward all in one because it's all from the same thing. It all originates from the same place. Okay. So do you mind if I just like take the mic for a few minutes? No, it's all right. I'll see you in a bit. Because this is all about me now, okay? I understand. <laughs> I, look, I get it, okay? You are, you are, in, you are in higher... <laughs> Higher speed than this podcast. Higher Dizzying speed. heights is where, I where I'm at right now. I have a crick in my neck from looking up to you. <laughs> as, does, as does everyone. Don't worry, it's not just you. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to start a, a support um, group for those of us. <laughs> Who formerly knew me. Knew Left previously. Behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah... In case you haven't gleaned, I went to the Glamour. I got an invite to the Glamour Awards, which I was very surprised at and very pleased at because I always, when I worked at Hello, I used to cover it every year, but from afar, like I would never obviously have been invited. So it was very cool. And I got dressed up, really dressed up, literally more dressed up than I was on my wedding day. I had my hair and makeup done. I wore this like puffy white and pink dress. Um, Your face looked so pretty. Your makeup. Honestly, like the makeup was. She, she's I was like so, Naomi. She's unreal. I was so sad that when you Someone... took it off. I was like, I'm not looking at this. It's it's like so, watching no, the just like oil protesters like ruin like Van Gogh's art. I was like, I can't, I can't look at this. <laughs> Do you know what? Someone someone said in DMs, and I was like, this feels like such a backhanded compliment. She said, um. It was the the video of me and my makeup, and she was like, "Oh, I actually like, I just went onto stories absentmindedly and saw this video and was like, who is this girl? I don't follow her.' And then I realised it was you. Doesn't look like you, haha. <laughs> and I was like, "That feels mean, but okay, thank but you." But she's not wrong. She's not wrong, but it felt mean. I understand. Um, so yeah, so I got all dressed up. Okay, so my good. Wait, I should do it in chronological order. My awkward. Okay, so I was so scared about going to the event because I I was lucky enough to get an invite for me. Never mind an invite for me plus someone else. I asked for a plus one and I got a response of obviously no, like no. Obviously that was never happening. Like there were big people there who needed plus ones. Like it was never going to happen for me. So I was like, I am so nervous about going to this event by myself because like when I did it at, when I had to go to events by myself at Hello, I did it all the time, but it was fine because I was working. It was different. I'd turn up in like something scruffy, all black, flats, shoes, like my hair would like, you know, I didn't look like I was there to to be seen. I was just there to work. So it was fine. I'd just go, I'd be on my phone. I was working. It just, it felt different. The vibe was different. But this, like going to something by myself that I knew there would be a huge red carpet at and like I had to go 
all dressed, oh, I didn't have to go all dressed up, but I did go all dressed up. I was so nervous and so scared. So I arrived and I and I asked someone, there was a, there was a queue and the first, well, the first thing I noticed was that it was a sea of black. Like everyone was wearing black and I was in this pink and white puffy dress and I just felt like a meringue. And I didn't even have like a coat or anything covering me. And I was like, I look, I am sticking out like a sore thumb already. So I went and asked the security guard, like, oh, can I get in without going on the red carpet? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay. So I went and joined the queue and I just sat in the, I stood in the queue all sad by myself in my, in my like meringue dress. And everyone's in these like sleek black, black gowns. I was like, fuck. And I did. So we got closer and closer to the red carpet. My heart rate was like so high because I mean, you'll, you'll know like when you go to, when you like at these red carpet things, it's horrible. It's horrible. Because no one knows like, who you are. That's exactly. Like we did this, me and Katya went to the Marvel premiere last week and the Black Panther thing. And it's awful because the photographers there shout the names of the people that they know. And when you walk past, they don't fucking know you. So you just want to go, you're like, bye, like, go. you don't want my picture. I don't want you to want my picture. None of, none of us want to be here. And I'm they have there's this moment, there's this like painful moment where you can see the photographers like pick up their camera to be like, should I take a picture? And then they like look at each other, you know, because photographers are, photographers are often like, that's da da da, or that's da da da. Like, you need a picture of her. Like, they help each other out. And you can see them kind of looking at each other, like everything's blank. So they, kind of like lift their camera up and like I'll take like a a pity picture of you so that is what happened basically I got to the front of the queue and the woman who's like controlling the red carpet like when I was at the front of it I was like I'm not actually famous like can I can I just like run through and she was like you look famous darling just go and ha- just have a good have have a good go and like threw me on there and oh, um, honestly it was awful like it was so horrible and they did that thing and I got a few pity pictures but I was on the also on the red carpet at the same time because there was enough for two of two people was Miley in class and her side it was like bam 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 like lights flashes like pictures click 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 and me it was just like click and I was like that's it thank you I'm done I'm out um, like having a so passport yeah. photo done you've got four goes literally <laughs> out <laughs> oh I didn't have four I had one I was like one and done that is hilarious like, okay move on now uh, we had the same thing at the Black Panther thing there's one photo of me and Kat and then when I looked on the Daily Mail there was like literally 30 photos of Maya Jamma that they printed and I was like I wonder how many were taken <laughs> humble uh, but humble humble oh my god Love that. such a big slice of humble pie my god is that when I got inside I um panic didn't couldn't see anyone I knew um but I saw another girl standing alone so I struck up a conversation with her I was like I really like your bag and I really did like her bag it was like this, this like box clutch with like diamantes on it was really cool anyway we struck up a conversation and then like halfway through she's like she's like I know this is weird but I really recognize your voice and I was like oh but not my face like that's weird right you'd recognize a face but not a voice and she's like no no famously you looked so pretty your even your own followers weren't recognizing you (laughs) that much like no that's not like that no way no No way absolutely not that looks a bit like her but so much prettier (laughs) (laughs) thanks um so 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 she's like no i just can't get it and then at some point she was like hang on do you have a podcast and i was like yes i do and she was like 
he's like, God, should I delete that? And I was like, yes. And she was like, oh my God. So basically Spotify had recommended her. She was like, I'm a huge podcast fan. Like I listen to like so many podcasts, like literally I'm always listening to a podcast and Spotify had recommended her podcast to us. And she said like, normally I don't, I, uh, she, she was like, you know, so, some I stick with and some I don't. And I've listened to a few of yours and I was like, oh my God, that is so A few, we'll take it. We'll I know. I was like, "How many's a few? Is that three? Okay. But what happened after the three? Then did you? Then did you switch off? Yeah. I didn't, and what was I didn't, it that made in, you switch off? Yeah. I didn't interrogate. Was it them? But, um, was it that, Was it the other girl? I probably was. Wasn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> How funny is that though? That's so great. Love that. I've never Famous. even recognised my voice. That's, That's so what people fun. always used to say as an insult to me. Like you've got a face for radio. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, and then my bad. My bad is that, so it finished, well, it, it was going on till one, but I left at 12 because I was really panicking about getting back. I was in a hotel nearby um, just because it would be too far, too far to come home like that time of night. So, so I was in a hotel nearby and I... I had no signal in there, so I had to go out to call an Uber or catch a black cab. And it was honestly, it was, I was actually scared stiff. Like it was in the middle of London and there were tons of people around, but they seemed to be like all men. Like, why is it only all men at that time of night? And so many people, so many men trying to talk to me and like shouting things at me. And I was, I was honestly scared stiff. I couldn't get a black tap black cab I couldn't get an uber because I don't know you can't seem to get an uber anymore it's really weird I just couldn't get an uber um and it was a 12 minute walk away but I was just too scared so I stood at the like brightest place I could like the busiest brightest place I could and just waited until I could get until until there was a black cab and it took about 20 minutes and I was just so scared and like normally I have my criminal identifier spray with me not that I'm going to use it but it makes me feel more secure having it with me but I had this stupid stupid tiny little clutch bag that barely fit in my phone never mind anything else so I didn't have that with me either or keys so I was like I'm really scared and this is just so shit and what like a shit end to the I mean there there are worse things of course but like it was shit no I get it we had literally we me and Katia had the same thing leaving the cinema that other night because and I actually I was gonna put this as my bad but then other stuff has happened but we when we left we walked for so long to get a cab to come home and I just don't use Uber coming I just I don't I think Uber have had warnings or we've had I don't even want to get into it because I'll get shit for this. But TFL deemed them not safe. You know, they like... Yeah, that, and that yeah. for me, I was like, that's enough. If the leader of the fairground said, don't get on the waltz or it's not safe, I wouldn't. Yeah. So if TFL say it's not safe, I'm not getting in an Uber. Not to come where I live as well because it goes too far away from the bright light streets. So I'm like, it's just not safe. Anyway, get a black cab. Couldn't fucking find one because they all retired during lockdown and or had to retire, had to find other jobs. Anyway, and I was looking and looking and we were in the same position. I was like, this is fucking horrible. And an old man, Alex, I found my spot and I waited for in my spot with Katia, as you do, visibly yeah. knocked up over here, freezing yeah. cold, it's raining. We were waiting and this old fucker with his, with his girlfriend came and stood two feet to the right of me. And we were like, hmm. And I said loudly, I was like, you better not be here to steal the next cab that comes by. Because he was literally like two feet up. And sure enough, a cab comes. I stick my arm out. He sticks his arm out. I was like... You jammed your bastard. So I walked in front of him and I was like, I've been waiting for ages in the rain and I'm cold and pregnant. I'm getting this cab. He ignored me, pushed past, got the cab, put his girlfriend in it, 
Didn't even get a kiss goodnight because she'd obviously got a better taste than to go for this fucking ass. And then I, oh when God. we walked back, Katya went, as, as he was leaving, Katya went, oh, you don't want to hang around and steal another cab, do you? And he looked at me and went, oh, do you need help? I was like, we don't need fucking help. Like, we, we just need the cab back that you've just stolen. And, I, and Katya was like, she's pregnant. Like, what have you just done? And he was like, oh, I didn't know. I was like, I fucking told you. So we, we hope that he broke both of his arms. That's what we silently prayed for <laughs> on the that. way home. Do you oh, know what? That seems like an appropriate punishment. Agree. We were like, we don't want him to die, but do you like, I want some pain. Anyway. Yeah. So Katia <laughs> runs heavily in this theme. So I'm stealing her awkward, okay? So don't ask how this came to be. But on Saturday night, we went to a party and James Blunt was there. And I, I, I nearly told you this story the other day and then I said, I actually have to save it for the podcast. This isn't my awkward, but it's so awkward she's brought shame I'm to so the family. Jealous. So I can take it, right? This is, this is a family awkward now. So okay. in the room where the party was, there was this rug and it was a treacherous, everyone was going down on this rug. And I kind of knew about it, but I, I didn't do it. I didn't do enough to help. Anyway, there was what, this was rug. So slippy. I went down. Right. There was right. A, a waitress went down. An old man went down. It was bad. This, it was a really slippy rug. Anyway, Katia walked into this room while she was going to the loo and she slipped on the rug and she went whoosh landed on her ass cross-legged and the only other person in the room was James Blunt she looked at him and she was like don't tell anyone you've seen me and he was like are you okay and all I've had in my head is this image of Cassia lying on the floor like did I disappoint you I let you down should I be feeling guilty I let the judges fail. We've been like rewriting it to make it appropriate this whole time. So, so good. Not my awkward. Had to stay there. Give us about as bad as it gets. So good. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to tell that story differently. But you know what? It's a good way to make an impression. He'll meet a lot of people. Do you think he'll come on the podcast? Probably not after that. Although, we we could, we, yes. I mean, we, uh, let me explore my options here. Because okay. if, if there was a way that I could potentially assign blame for the trip, yeah, we could blackmail him. Yeah, that is actually a really good point. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's that's powerful. Yeah, it's food for thought. Illegal, maybe, but powerful. Definitely yeah. Well, illegal. if he ever shows up, just frown upon. You'll know how we got him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I love him. I'm so jealous. She had a I'm real bruise on her bum. She had to show us Did all the she? next day. Yeah, it was chunky. Oh, poor Katia. That's so bad. <laughs> so of all the people. Of all the people. I'll you. I'll let you down. Um, yeah, so good. Okay, and then my bad. My bad. My bad is my awkward. This is literally about as... Oh, this is horrendous. I quite... Like, this is so bad. Okay, so that event I went to on Tuesday that you weren't yeah. at. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anyone. Which is my idea of personal hell, but I, I was, you know, doing my best. Anyway, this lady came over to you. She was so nice. And she was like, hi, are you at eight? And she, she just came over to make, make chat, which is, I was really grateful for because I didn't know anyone. And she yeah. said, are you at 84 World? Now, 84 World yeah. is our management. And I was like, yes, I am. And then she was like, oh, okay, do you know Katie, who's my old manager? And she said, so she turned to about managers, right? And Katie's gone. Right. So Katie's gone somewhere. We're talking about managers for a bit. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, just talking about managers. And, um... She, I realised after about five minutes that she thought I was a manager. <laughs> and I was oh, like, oh no. God, oh God. And I'm really far into this conversation oh, now. 
She meant, so, are you at 84 World? Yeah, like, rather am than I am, with... rather, we're in the 84 World. And so and I, I was like, oh God, this is really bad. So I kept, and I was like, okay, I'm going along. And then she was telling me about her career and kind of like what she was, and, and she, she's an influencer. So she was kind of like, oh, like a brought, you know, she works on, I think she was kind of pitching and kind of like feeling out 84 to see if 84 would be any good for her. And I was like, oh, no, oh, I'm no, really Before I realised what was happening, I realised, like, I must have sounded like the shittest manager ever. Because she was like, <laughs> well, you know, like, what about TV stuff? Are 84 any good for that? And I was like, oh... I don't really know. Uh, yeah, and then she was like, yeah, you know, I'm looking after myself at the moment. I was like, oh, good for you. I could never look after myself. I'm so unorganised. And then I was like, she must literally be like, if this girl is a manager, she's a terrible one. Anyway, I went on for so long. And then at five minutes, at the five minute point, I thought I'd got out of it. And, and I really clearly said, I was like, yeah, my career changed so much when I went to 84, because I was really struggling, you know, managing yeah. all the campaigns and stuff by myself, but 84 were amazing, and yeah. and, it, and, it, and it really changed everything. And so I was like, ah, I think we've got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we did um, not have it. No, we did not no. have it. No, I think she thought I was a solo manager before I signed with them. Oh, so bad. It went on for oh so long. <laughs> and then after about 15 minutes, we literally left the venue. We were still talking, and then I was like, look, I think there's been a confusion here. Did you? Did you say? I had to. Because I was like, what am I supposed to do? Give her a card? Like, I was like, I have nothing for you. I have nothing. So, but then I just, oh, it was really bad. It was, re- I felt really bad. I was like, what I did let she, it go What on. did she say? Well, she said, oh, oh, oh. So what do you do then? And I was like, oh, okay. Oh, oh God. <laughs> it was really bad. It was, I was just, because it, it's quite a fun thing to do. Like when you go to a party to pretend to do something else. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, yeah. But I'm never going to do that now because I've realised it's a horrible, horrible position to be in. Yeah. Because it's just too, there's too many lies. You just, yeah. you just can't. And I was like, if I, just, what happens if I just keep going? What happens if I just sign her? I've been thinking, like, this girl is so signed. <laughs> so, yeah, started a management. with a client. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I was like, this is, how, this is how this ends. I can't see another way out of this. I'm going to have to sign her. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, anyway, I'm taking a career spin. Um, yeah, really good. And um, then I just, because I've been keeping notes this week of things to tell you, I, my good I have, which is oh, yeah. finish off, but I have something awkward. Uh, no, I have a, just, I have a random, I just put a random lol section on my notes this week. Okay, I, like, I enjoy that. <laughs> I enjoy that. Yes. I saw a video, I saw a video on TikTok of um, a really sweet video of a man um, and he looks at his bank statement and he's like, oh my God. Like some, some, there must be a mistake. My mortgage payment's gone. Like my mortgage is gone. And he's like, someone must've put money in my account. Like I've just had a message saying my mortgage has been paid off. Like what's happening? And, and he's like, someone must've given me this money. And then his wife's in the passenger seat and she was like, it was me. I've paid off your mortgage. And then he starts crying. And it was kind of a weird video anyway. Cause I was like, this feels private. But anyway, um, it was really sad. And he was crying and they were hugging and she's like, given him the greatest yeah. gift. Anyway, I checked the comments because that's a lifestyle. <laughs> there was one that just said, Yesterday I grabbed a kettle. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> so funny. Yesterday I grabbed a kettle not knowing it was hot and burned my hands. I looked over at my wife and she was watching me smiling. <laughs> 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 and maybe that was Honestly, so much. Like, 
the comment section, like TikTok comments. They're, they're way best. better than this. They're funnier than the videos really themselves. Funny, all, all the it's other so comments good. are like, I want to do this so badly for my love. He does everything for us. Like, I want to transfer my money over to my husband. <laughs> it just killed me. I'm not crying. You're <laughs> crying. And then this guy. Do you know what? What used? I mean, it's it's a bit overdone now, but the ones that really used to make me laugh for some reason would be like... You know, where they're like, oh, I, I've, I was walking my fish. Can you do that again? <laughs> like the comments like that. Do you know what I mean? Have you it's seen really those? Stupid. Oh, your good, yeah. your good shouldn't have been any, your good should have been a different good. Your Light London launch released this week. Yes, it did. It did. Loungewear. Yeah. yeah. I ordered one. It hasn't arrived yet. Did you? Yes, I won't complain Aww. yet. But if it's not here Aww, soon, then there will be. That'll, be. that'll be hell Aww, to pay. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, <laughs> what did you order? I ordered, well, I think I might regret it because I think I prefer the other colour now. But I've gone for the sage green hoodie. And I got the <gasps> nice. pyjama bottoms also because they look really comfortable. Oh, thank you. No worries, they won't go together because they're blue and green. No, the green's nice though. That, that green is nice. I'm excited. I'm going to look stunning. I know, it has been, it has been really cool actually. I'm wearing full light London today apart from knickers, so that's cool. <laughs> I just thought as I put it on, I was like, oh my God, this is like all my own stuff. And then my slippers that you hate that I bought recently that I love that you think are disgusting. I just but don't anyway. get slippers. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a full shoe person. I'm in a full shoe. Um, yeah. My good, just because we haven't had it. Good. You know what came out this morning? Go on. John Lewis advert. Oh, Did I oh it's so good. I fucking wept. I fucking it's so wept. good. It was unbelievable. Best one yet. I didn't see it coming. I didn't. I knew. I thought. I thought maybe he had like an estranged kid, maybe a stepchild situation, like a like a like a shared custody. He was trying to bond with a kid. This was way better. What a curveball! Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And so great that they're doing something lovely, like with a big charity for a big cause, and like. Oh, I just know. Lovely. I know. It was. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. I did a little a little cry too, but I was like, mm, can't get too. I cried a bit the first time, and then I watched it again with Alex, and then he looked like he was gonna go, and then that just sent me, and then I was gone. I was and I was gone for a while. I was like, I just come back in about fifteen minutes because I am not okay. <laughs> it was really sweet. Well done, John Lewis. Yay, well done. Love that. I always get anxiety for them. Like I feel the pressure for them every year because like it has to be so good. It has to be so good. <laughs> And like, yeah, and everyone's me. an arsehole. Like everyone's a fucking arsehole. And like, yeah. Oh god, I was just so hate much expectation, it. so much judgment, and we're also critical. Yeah. Like, and everyone's yeah. got something. Like, I honestly, I can't even talk about. Like, I actually just want to do an episode with you where we just sit and talk about the state of the internet for a whole hour. Yeah, it's bad, isn't because it? Because I'm genuinely, yeah, it's just it's like, really bad. yeah. But the only place I wanted to be today was in the comment section of that video of the woman that paid off her husband's mortgage <laughs> yes. or on the John Lewis app. <laughs> if anyone needs me, that's where I'll be. Same. Oh, no, we haven't. Yeah, we have a third option. I actually know where else I'd be. I'd be on the Instagram page of Alexandra L. Seamlessly transitioned. That was boom, 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 such a good segue. Oh my thank God. You so, that thank, was, thank you ever so much. That's award winning. Thank you so like, much. We should win a, next a, a, year, a podcast award Next year, you can come and watch me win my award at the Glamour Awards for the best... Segway yes. ever in a transition. I won't be not invited co- next year, so it's fine. No, you won't. <laughs> and I'm not going to win that um, either. Oh we aren't. No, no, no. Accidental burp. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, no, we probably won't. But Alex L. Oh my god. Oh my god. I am. I loved this episode. This interview. I absolutely loved it. She said something in this that really stuck with me. She talked about like 
So, so she talked about taking antidepressants and needing to still take antidepressants despite doing all this healing work and despite working so much on herself. And she talked about it being part of the work too. And I just, I don't know. I've never heard that before from someone who is like a, I don't know the word, not healer, but like someone who... In the wellness space. In the in the holistic, like, kind of wellness space. It seems to be, like, so focused on, like, therapy and, like, doing the work in the, in the sense of, like, therapy and working on yourself. And it was just really, really cool to hear her say that. And I think that will mean a lot to a lot of people. And it really meant a lot to me. But there, there, there was a lot more than that as well that she said in this episode. Like, so many nuggets that we struggled to pick out the best bits for the video because it was just all magic. She's magic. She's magic. Uh, yeah I've noticed I uh, we loved it we had the best time and then you sent me a text about what ha- what an impact it had on you and I don't think that's ever happened with a guest before so like no, it takes a lot no. to move you but, the, but, she, but she's been moved I'm moved <laughs> only a few centimeters but I'm moved <laughs> we'll take it <laughs> such, such a I, I, want, I know and I was trying to go with it like, like oh, <laughs> it was like something about Mohammed to the mountain let's just, Ma- mountains. Let's just let it die it's, R.I.P. Okay. Let's let these poor people go. So we really hope you enjoy this episode with Alex L and we will see you on Thursday. Welcome to the most professional podcast that you've ever been on, Alex. Um, <laughs> hey thank y'all. you so much for being here from Maryland in the USA, which is about as in like, exci- I think maybe the furthest away as we've had a podcast guest. So thank you. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, you're yeah. welcome. Thanks for having me. Um, and we have so many questions. Actually, I like no, my questions are bad because my questions are all like from a personal level. They're tapping into your brain. And because I, I love the way your brain works. I love all the work that you do and following you on socials and stuff. But first of all, I guess it would be lovely to hear. You just had a new book come out, How We Heal. Mm-hmm. And you have written, I think, is this your seventh book? This is my fifth book book but I have three guided journals out too so technically like eighth but you know who's counting who's I'll count <laughs> I, I would be I would be if I were you <laughs> but eight thank you very much eight <laughs> you've talked a lot about how writing has been your therapy and your healing mm-hmm. um so I guess like why well how did that come to be and and what does writing mean to you and what do these books mean to you and like how did you get into all of this basically Mm. um so I grew up a pretty sad kid um I'm the only child as well I was raised the only child as well and so writing really was my friend um and so for a long time I was writing short stories like as a kid kid like 10 11 years old um And it wasn't until I got grown or grown-ish around 19 or 20 that I went to therapy and I had this amazing therapist and she encouraged me to be kind to myself on the page because a lot of my work was either super sad poetry or just kind of just recounting my trauma. And that's not something that was, was helpful for me. So it wasn't until I started actually writing to heal myself writing to hear myself and writing to really understand um, who I was or try to get to understand who I was, that things started to shift for me in a big way. And so writing is a comfort, it's a friend, and 
it's also something that I love encouraging other women especially to do because so often we are taught to listen to all the voices outside of ourselves, not necessarily our voice. When we get up and close and personal to ourselves on the pages of our journals or in a course or at a retreat or whatever have you, it allows us to kind of give ourselves the permission that the world tells us we don't necessarily deserve. And so seeing ourselves, hearing ourselves and reading our own words, um, I think is extremely powerful. And it's absolutely, I mean, I'm a writing teacher, so it's absolutely changed my life and how I move through the world. I feel like that's so true on two levels. On the one hand, like women are not, men probably too, but I can only speak as a woman, like we're not really encouraged to be kind to ourselves generally because that's indulgent and a bit tragic and we're supposed to be like hard on ourselves and striving to be better and hustle Mm. hustle hustle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but then also even the way that women's writing is spoken about is so often it's like oh it's just chick lit and like stupid like you know they don't they don't write anything as substance so I feel like the two things together when it's just like we get you get to write empoweringly yeah about yourself it's just like it kind of goes against everything but it's lovely as well this is probably a weird question but like did did you when you first started writing were you writing for you and to you or was it for someone else and to someone else because there is a huge difference isn't there like when I feel like I'm when I write not for other people but when I write when I'm writing an article I find that easy and manageable and doable but then if someone turns it on me and says try journaling or try writing something that is just for you and to you I'm like I can't it feels confronting and weird I actually tried this in in a session the the other day it was with a with a brand and I actually couldn't do it I just I just wanted to put my pen down I was like I can't Mm. do this it feels like the it feels like a big difference and it feels confronting does that make sense oh Absolutely. And I hear that from people all the time. Um, So to answer the first part of your question, I had to start writing for me. I was writing for me um, and to myself. So it's it's actually funny. I've been telling this story for like a week straight now because we've been, of course, talking about the book. But I had the therapist be like, write letters to yourself. And I remember thinking that was so stupid and I didn't want to do it. And um. I thought it was stupid because it was scary and I didn't want to be kind to myself. I didn't want to be vulnerable in that way. And so when I actually gave it a try, she was like, I know you think this isn't the greatest, but give it a try. It became really eye-opening more so because I didn't think I had the power or the courage to be kind to myself. And now, I mean, I'm raising three daughters, I'm married, um, and raising my children has really reshaped how I write to and for myself too, and how I write to them. I keep journals for them with like life lessons in there that I'll be gifting them when they get to a certain age or whatever. And um, it allows me to not only show up for myself and like mother myself, but also show up for them in the way that I didn't have. And so... It is scary to be vulnerable. It is scary to be kind to yourself. It is really uncomfortable. But something that my students and clients often say is that once you get over that hurdle, there's this like deep sense of courage and bravery that comes through. It's like, oh, 
I can do this and I'm my own greatest teacher, which is something I like to really empower folks to lean into is that you don't need me. I don't have your answers. You have your answers. I can help guide you to them, but I don't have them. And so it's like empowering people to to use their voice and to find their own way. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, you said we don't want to be kind to ourselves, which is true. And I think a lot of us know that self-compassion is like of the utmost importance. And it's probably the it's going to be the thing that underpins our entire journey to healing, whatever that healing might need Mm -hmm. to be. But why do you think can you pinpoint if this is possible why don't we want to be kind to ourselves in the first place why is it for for some people to get that almost a repulsion mm. like why is that why does that why is that there in the first place do you have any anything anything sort of practical for getting over that hump of not being able to i don't know why it's hard for other people but i know why it was hard for me um it was hard for me because i didn't think i deserved self-compassion I didn't think that I was worthy of it. I didn't grow up feeling seen safe or supported or that I um, was worthy. And so when you don't know that you are worthy or when you don't have the language or when you weren't taught, it's foreign and it's uncomfortable. Um, And so for me, it was more so like, I, I don't even deserve that. And unlearning that part was really, really tough. And a practice, I'm really practical. I'm really not super like woo woo and whimsical about this. It's like the practice is do the thing, sit down, write the letter, even if it's two sentences long. You know what I mean? Like just actually put it into action. That's the only way we're going to be able to start our healing journey and process. It doesn't matter. We have to just go for it, (laughs) you know? And even if it's uncomfortable and even if that sounds easier said than done, it's only easier and said than done. It's only easier said than done until we do it. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's like baby steps are still steps and we are all worthy of seeing ourselves in the same light that we see others. So you write for yourself now, but you also write for your daughters, which is so lovely because you're, like you say, like giving to them what what you didn't have. And I saw an Instagram post you did recently about your eldest daughter and about how like lovely it is to see her love herself really and and love you as well. And I think that like, I mean, I'm about to have a baby girl, which is terrifying because it's just like, we've grown up in a generation that's like, we, we we weren't taught to love ourselves and we weren't really taught that we were lovable at all either. Or like we only would be if we, did this or did this or did this Mm -hmm. and I wonder like how do you when you're kind of healing yourself as well also do your best for your daughters and show up in a way that is helping them and not letting them take on your shit basically Mm because a lot of us inherit our mom's shit whether we want it or not exactly um well congratulations thank you very much (laughs) (sighs) not passing on shit so a, a tagline in how we heal is when we heal ourselves, we heal our lineage. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When we heal ourselves, we heal each other, right? And so a big part of my healing work was to break generational cycles and curses so I didn't pass down my shit to my kids. And that's not to say they're not going to get any of it. They might because I'm still healing. But they're not going to get the stuff that I got, the rage, the um, feelings of abandonment and rejection. Like, they're not going to get that stuff. And that makes me really proud. And... There's always so much more work to be done, right? And so it's like, how do we teach our children and our da- our daughters and our sons, and in my case, my daughters, how do I teach them that they are their own safe place with or without my approval, with or without my validation? And that's something that I didn't have. I did not know that it was possible to be autonomous. It was always kind of like in the shadow of a caretaker. And, on- and you're only good if you are achieving or if you are um, listening or if all the things, you know, that we're taught. Right. And so giving my daughters permission to listen to themselves and to also tell me when I get it wrong, when I hurt their feelings, when I drop the ball is huge in dismantling a lot of, um, I think, the trauma and the pain that we carry. I mean, I just recently had to apologize to my oldest because she said I hurt her feelings. And I said, I'm sorry. I love you and I'm sorry. And I will do better. Not I'm sorry, but not I'm sorry and you, but I am, I'm sorry. And so when we create emotional safety within our um, motherhood, within our parenthood and within our relationships, like that's what it can look like. Like the healed version of me is apologetic the healed version of me wants to be seen wants to wants to make other people feel seen and held you know and especially my children because i didn't have that and so giving that to them is a is a gift that um i wish i received but now i'm giving it to them and it's beautiful you say about your you you having rage can i ask and you do not have to answer this but how you healed your rage because I think that is something that women don't talk about a lot either. It's like being angry and having a temper. It's such a an emotion that's synonymous with like male or masculine energy, really. And it's kind of something that I think a lot of women feel ashamed of when mm. they have a temper or they lash out or whatever it is. But you mentioned, you know, like healing your own rage there. And I just, I actually have never spoken to anybody about rage so I just wondered like how how and you don't have to answer that because it's a bit of a weird question but like no I don't know it's not a weird question I don't 
I don't think I ever felt enraged. I, I, you may have heard me said that I was raised by someone who was filled with rage. So that was my mother. Um, and also I learned though, how to be angry and how to live in my anger because of that rage, because of how I was raised. Right. Um, however, I do think that it's, I think anger is healthy. It can be healthy. Um, when it's not used in a way that's abusive, you know? And so that's something else I'm teaching my children and teaching myself. Like you don't have to tie things in a pretty bow. You can be pissed. (laughs) You can be mad. You're going to be in this life eventually. Like if you're not angry about something in this life, then something may be wrong. So for me, healing the wounded parts of myself and giving myself the space to be angry and to be mad, specifically to be mad about how I was raised. I think that's where a lot of my, that's where a lot of my pain came from. That's where a lot of my, I guess we can call it rage. That's where a lot of my rage came from. I was so mad that I wasn't raised in a way that was loving and nurturing. I was so pissed that no one taught me how to love someone else, how to love myself. And so I think what feels tender still and something that I have worked through in therapy and I've worked through in long pissed off conversations with my husband is that like, I can't change what happened. I can't change how I was raised, but I can change how I raise myself, how I nurture my inner child. And I can also raise my kids differently. And I really like how you mentioned that you don't hear women talk about their anger much or their rage much, because then we're a bitch, then we're terrible, then we're in my case, the angry black woman, then, you know what I mean? It's just all this stigma and trash around anger. Um, And I want to encourage women, especially to be mad. You can be mad. (laughs) That doesn't mean that you are unhinged or um, crazy or any of those things. It means you are a human being who was allowed to be mad about some things, even some things that you can't change. So I think giving myself grace to be angry and to not beat myself up over like, why haven't you healed from that already? Like, why are you mad about that? You know, not doing that to myself and actually allowing the anger to happen and allowing myself to feel it without trying to turn away from it and change it um, was deeply healing for me. I like that because, I mean, we are humans and we do feel the full spectrum of emotions, right? (laughs) Just because we're, I mean, we're not immune to one emotion like anger just because we're women are not men it doesn't make sense you know I and this is this is possibly a too personal question but I think I'm, I'm imagining people listening that do have anger or disappointment I don't know the right terms so you know along those lines anger I guess about how they were raised and struggle with still maintaining a relationship with who raised them and and simultaneously holding anger for how you're raised and compassion for the person who raised you is is that something that you've been able to do or 
Is that something that you struggle with? And do you have advice for anyone who is trying to do that? Oh my gosh. Um, compassion. <laughs> Whew, I have been, over the past few years, I have been working on my compassion muscle, is what I call it. Um, especially around my relationship with my mother. Compassion and boundaries um, has been huge for me. In my case, I have decided to continue a relationship with my mother, and that is because she is doing her own healing and changing, which makes being in relationship easier now. However, I do know that there are people who have tumultuous relationships with their mothers in particular, and they decide to not have a relationship with them. And I don't think either is right or wrong. I think that we have to do what feels in alignment with where we are in our lives and what feels safe, especially emotionally and physically safe. We often hear like, well, that's your family. Like you have to, you know, be in relationship with them or that's your mom or that's your dad. I've been estranged from my biological father for 16 years and it has been the best 16 years of my life. So I have like two, I have both sides, right? Something that compassion is teaching me is that you can meet people where they are and still not want them in your life. It's also teaching me that, hey, People are human and do you want to deal with their type of humanness? Like looking at them for who they are, where they are, and like, can do you have the capacity to meet them? And in this case, with, with my mother and I's relationship, I feel really blessed that we've gotten to a place where it feels grounded and healthy. But for a long time, I was contemplating like, do I have the capacity to be in this relationship. And so I think everybody's situation is different. I think we should release the shame and guilt that may come along with having to step away from people who are unsafe emotionally for us, even if they brought us into this world, even if they raised us, you know? Because at the end of the day, while we do have parents, we're at the age now where we are adults and we can make our own choices. And we can do what feels right and good for us where we are. And I think that that's not also something that's not talked about a lot. It's always like, work it out. Do it anyway. Violate your boundaries. Abandon yourself. You know, it's just like, no, we can't always do that. We don't always want to do that. So how do we honor where we are in our lives right now? I think that that's a really interesting thing about parents and as just like as you're speaking I finished the, a book yesterday by Jeanette McCurdy I don't know if you've seen it it's been mm -hmm. like number one everywhere and it's called I'm glad my mom died and she got so much backlash for the title but having read the book it's like holy shit like she's just been through hell and this is her story and it doesn't please her to say I'm glad my mom died it's not mm -hmm. like like get the party poppers out it's like this had to happen for me to heal and it's t and and you know reading her story is so amazing but equally thinking about Meghan Markle and I don't know how your press are about her but the British press is so foul and her like 
monster of a dad selling stories all the time and everyone's just like well look at how she's treated her father and she's 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 demonized for how she is about her dad and I think like they're two really good examples of one with a mum and one with a dad of of people not being allowed societally to dislike their parents or to prioritize themselves and so it's really cool to hear you say that but I think on a practical level for anybody listening I'd love to ask how like how you can accept your parent as a flawed person but also prioritize yourself because so much of being a child is people pleasing your parent you want to be liked you want to be loved you want to do something right so how do you begin that process of prioritizing yourself in that dynamic because I think Mm -hmm. it's really difficult I mean I'm gonna go back to boundaries literally like you may have to set some hard core boundaries and that's uncomfortable I feel like I've been saying the word uncomfortable so much because (laughs) healing is uncomfortable like trying to figure out who we are in this life as our own individual person, not tethered to our parents, is deeply uncomfortable. Um, how do we do that? How do we set boundaries? Start by saying no and honoring it. If you don't have the capacity to do something, if you can't drive someone to the airport, if you can't help somebody move, if you don't want to go to Thanksgiving dinner, no, I can't do that this year. I'm going to my partner's house or my friend's giving for Thanksgiving. People might be pissed at you. I think here's the how. Let people be mad. Here's something that I've had to learn. And it's a mantra for for me. Self-abandonment is not an act of love. So often we are taught to put ourselves and our needs at the end of our list to prove to someone else that we love them. That we will go above and beyond for them at our own expense. Right? And there will be moments in life where we have to do that, not have to, where we want to do that. Again, where we have the capacity to do that. But that cannot be where we rest, because if we are not well, our community is not well. If we are not at our best, our community won't be at our best. If you tell your parent, if they're begging you and begging you to come to holiday dinner, And you're like, I don't want to go to this. You're talking to your friends, your partner, whatever. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And you decide, I'm going to go so that she can shut up or that everyone can just be happy. I'm just going to go. And then you go and you are miserable and everyone can tell that you're miserable. And then that becomes a thing, right? So I'm using that as a very loose example. And the reason why I'm I'm using that as a loose example is because we've all been there where we have gone to something that we didn't want to go to, where we've dishonored our boundary to keep the peace Yet we have completely ruined our own peace. And that, there has to be a balance. I'm not saying be selfish. I'm not saying always say no. But what I am saying is consider yourself too. You are a part of your life too. And something that I learned in motherhood in particular is like, my boundaries became much firmer when I became a mom. Because I didn't just have me to think about, I also have this baby to think about as well, right? And so my no was a, was a hard no. And if you were mad about it, you would have to be mad about it and we can deal with that later. But I am prioritizing me, my well-being, and this little baby. 
And so it's like we go through these different seasons of our lives and of our healing that look different at every turn, right? Our boundaries can be flexible. Our boundaries can can look different. And we still have to be a part of our own lives. Like we can't live for other people because then how are we living a life that is really rooted in, in our own personal fulfillment? Like we get one life and then we die. We should be living in a way that's really rooted in intention and in honesty, not with just others, but with ourselves too. And it's all a work in practice. It's just a calm listening to you. I'm like, wow. I know, I'm kind of mesmerized. I'm kind of hypnotized in a really good way. <laughs> a great way. I'm kind of just, I, I'm, as you're speaking, I'm like thinking of, of this video I watched on TikTok that has gone viral about this girl saying that what has become lacking nowadays is like is discipline and you know we, with our boundaries that we are setting for ourselves we're not really implementing any discipline which has kind of confused me because I've watched it and I was like I'm confused and I guess I guess it's not as it's not very it's not very clear cut and it's not as simple as, as, you know, boundaries, but, you know, she was saying like, if we do, if we do say no to things and at what point do we say yes to things? And I don't know, it was, it was all quite confusing. And she was like, you know, well, we're, la- we're lacking <laughs> discipline. And I was like, oh, I guess it's quite hard to find a balance. I don't know. I'm, I'm a very literal person. So I, I struggle with, you know, like, setting boundaries when I'm like but am I saying no is this some for example if you're you know depressed and you can't get out of bed or you're struggling to exercise and I'm like do I honor this because I don't feel like doing it or do I push myself to do this because I know it's going to make me feel better I probably answered you absolutely answered your own question (laughs) just as a a stream of constant consciousness I did I really did yeah no No, I think (laughs) as a teacher and especially as a meditation teacher and someone who really wants people to to be their own teacher hearing people work through their thoughts is what I love so I was listening to you and I'm like there she goes she's her own teacher she has the answer she has you have your answer right and so I don't know I haven't seen that video But what I heard, the word that popped up for me as you were talking was more so self-awareness. Less about discipline and more about self-awareness. Because I feel like when we are connected to ourselves and and can be aware about how we're feeling in our body, where our mind space is, what we want to do and what we don't want to do, like when we're really tuned in and having that inner dialogue, I feel like the discipline comes. The self-inquiry is what we need more of in order to practice the things that we're implementing in our lives. As someone who walks through the world, I take medication for my anxiety and depression and OCD. I'm an adult living with all three of those things. And it took me a really long time to not feel like I was doing something wrong because all the homeopathic things to treat my mental stuff wasn't working. So going to my therapist and saying, I need 
prescription medication and then going to my doctor and having an evaluation and them saying, yeah, you need a low dose of X, Y, and Z and you will, and that, that is great for you. That was that self-awareness and that self-inquiry like CBD oil is not helping me with my anxiety. It's not. I need something a little bit stronger than that. <laughs> you know, I need something with serotonin in it because that's what my body is lacking. You know, so it's like, it's those, and I'm sharing that to be fully transparent because I know a lot of people, especially in the wellness space and yoga and meditation and all that, they talk about things in a way that makes you feel wrong. Maybe if you have to take medication or maybe you are depressed and you can't get out of bed and you don't know what to do with that. Like, am I lazy or am I depressed? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, again, when we heal ourselves, we heal each other, right? So like tapping into like what I needed to heal and sharing that now, maybe that will heal someone else, you know? And so it's like, all of this is cyclical. I'm a big believer in self-awareness. I'm a big believer in self-inquiry. And then all that other stuff is a bonus. The boundaries, the do I even want to be in a relationship with that person? Like when we start to get to know ourselves and start talking to ourselves and listening to ourselves, which is why I wrote How We Heal so that people can find a way in their own practice of writing and processing and voice note journaling and moving their bodies and breathing, like what works for you and getting clear on that and not what works for you forever, but what works for you today, right now, you know, and like allowing that to be okay and allowing yourself to like, to not freaking know, because sometimes we have no clue and that too is a part of the process. And thank you for sharing that about the medication as well. I think that's a really important thing for you to have shared and for everyone to have heard, because even though there is this huge drive and this huge movement movement to to break down the stigma around medication, it's still, especially like you said, in the health and wellness and the well-being community, there does feel like a stigma around it and that like it's a sign of you haven't done enough work, essentially, like you just haven't done enough work when for, for the the actual case for so many is that people just do need medication, you know? And sometimes that's the work. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've never thought about it like that. Yeah. And yeah. that's the adv- that's the self-advocacy. Like, that's the work. Yeah. Like, oh, I, here is what I need, you know? I love that. You were talking before about self-awareness. And I think, like, I, I did a lot of coaching a couple of years ago and it completely changed my life because I... I think I've probably always been self-aware, but I don't think I ever did anything like with my self-awareness. Mm. Like I think I I used it more in terms of like hurting myself with it and I would make myself quite insecure because I'd be aware of my flaws and then I'd just sit with those and be like, oh God, I'm the worst, I'm the worst. Mm. But I didn't sort of sit, I didn't look for any power within my self-awareness, basically. I didn't look for any of my own, like, in, like I didn't, I didn't accept or I didn't know that like what my triggers were or how other people were making me feel. I didn't take any of that as my responsibility. I thought basically my personality was all I had to be self-aware about. Mm. And like, that was all I had to focus on. But I saw a thing on your Instagram quite recently about you saying that like you heal when you realize that you don't want to partake in like gossip or hate or anything like that. And I think that's a really important part of like self-awareness for people. 
And I wonder like how you would teach going about that and like for people to expand their self-awareness to make it a practical thing, not just so that they're aware of themselves, but also aware of like how to live happily as themselves, if that makes sense. Like how would you start teaching that? That's a good question. The call to action in that post for the community was for them to share how they knew they were healing. And I think that's what I would invite people to do, to write down, I knew I was healing when, and just make a list of the things that maybe you stopped doing that you no longer want to do, that you no longer want to participate in. Seeing our healing on the page is really transformative. Not only because it shows us who we are, where we've been, it allows us to honor the journey, but it also gives us kind of a tap on the shoulder to be like, don't discredit how far you've come. And also don't beat yourself up if you have to go a little bit further. I would encourage people to even just take, I love the the term taking inventory, take inventory of your emotional suitcase. I have my clients do this all the time. And the emotional suitcase is it's pretend, but in that suitcase, we have things that we've been carrying with us. Maybe it's shame, maybe it's guilt, maybe it's self-hatred, maybe it's, I don't know, um, joy that we're not giving ourselves permission to touch, right? It's like, how do, what things in our emotional suitcase do we need to rearrange? What things can no longer come with us? So for me, I would empty out shame, I would empty out perfectionism. I would empty out guilt. And I knew I was healing when I would take those things, when I can take those things and say, you are no longer allowed to come with me through this next season. And getting up close and personal with that on the pages of my journal was really hard. It was a hard exercise to do. Like all of this stuff seems, I mean, it's not rocket science. It's really getting back to basics, but the basics can sometimes be the toughest, the toughest thing to tackle, right? And so taking inventory of your emotional suitcase, what's in there? What doesn't belong to you at all? Like, what's your mom's? What's your partner's? What's your ex's? Like, take that shit out. It's not yours. What is yours? Let's rearrange. And maybe you're not ready to take shame out yet. And you're still processing and working through shame. You know, it's like giving ourselves, being self-aware enough to be like, yo, I'm still feeling shameful about that thing. I'm not ready to take this out yet. I'm still processing. I'm still working through it. I think the kicker here is practicing non-judgment as you are taking inventory. Because that's a big part of self-awareness is like noticing the thing, but then not judging the thing, which I feel like is really challenging to do. Noticing the thing and not judging it, just letting it be there and trying to, and not trying to overwork it, you know? Healing for you, is it something that has a destination and is, and is, is there an end point or is it something that you think we will all continue to con- continue to do as we go through our lives and there isn't really a destination how do you view it I view healing as a forever love we will be healing until the day we die and I have people who come to me and I 
I've actually asked my therapist this, like, girl, I'm so tired of having to heal from this over and over again. However, we're not healing from scratch each and every time. We're healing with lessons in tow. And I remember writing something that said something along the lines of like, like, give yourself permission to heal from the same thing more than once. I love that. Healing for me is there's no destination. It's a forever love. It's a forever practice. And it's a pain in the ass, but it has to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess it's a forever commitment to ourselves as well. Yes. Which is cool. Yeah. So can you talk to us about the book then? Can you give us a, a bit of a description about it? What it's about how it came to be. There are also other voices in there as well, um, not just yours. Uh, if you could get let everyone know about How We Heal. Yeah, so How We Heal is um, my fifth book. I'm really excited about this book. I am excited about this book because it's an accessible guide to finding your voice and uncovering your power. I wanted to write this book because... I read a lot and I read a lot of self-help books and all of that. And sometimes I walk away from those books and I'm like, what are they saying? I don't understand. And I wanted How We Heal to be something that people could understand and that people could easily pass down to their children, to their loved ones, to their friends and be in practice of healing together. This book is a collection of my own personal stories and lessons and also my teachings on writing to heal. And it also has some other really amazing women voices in this book. I interviewed some badass ladies and they um, share how they heal through motherhood, through partnership, through divorce, through gardening, through art through trauma, and how they are choosing to center joy in their lives, even as they heal. And for me, I want the overall message to readers to be like, you can be happy even in your healing. You can be grateful even when you're grieving. Like you can hold multiple things at once and still be rooted in your truth, in your life, in your stories. And so How We Heal is a guide to help people heal themselves so that they can start healing their lineage. And not because, you know, they're you're giving them this book, even though I would love for you to do that, but also because people watch us. We People are bearing witness to us always. We don't have to tell people that we're healing. They will see it, they will feel it. And that is the permission slip that we give to the world. When other people see and bear witness to our healing, it makes them curious about their own. So that is what How We Heal is. Before we let you go, I just wanted to ask a massive question on behalf of two of the least peaceful people (laughs) that you'll ever meet. How... Um, how do we find peace? <laughs> I love that. Like two minutes ago. By the way, how do we find peace? 
God. Th- that's the question. How do we find peace? That's the, that's the question. Uh, no, I guess I guess it's more like I think, uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, like hustle culture, social media. Like Al and I are both very. I don't even know how to describe us because we're we're very different but quite similar in a way. And I guess the the, the running theme yeah. would be highly strong, but it's I get and high energy. But I, I kind of mean, literally, how do you find the peace in that when you can sit there and it's not like, I don't know, the little voice in your head that's talking shit about you or feeling bad for something that you haven't done or whatever it is, you know, just even speaking to you, I just get this like, like serenity. Yeah. I'm like, I want that so badly. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't expect you to like fix us, but if you could just set us on the right path before you go I'd really appreciate it it's so funny people say that about me often and I don't because in my mind I'm super high strung really so oh my god yes okay so we're all the same okay we're all the same but here's the thing I found peace when I stopped trying to control shit there's the answer When I stopped trying to control that little voice in my head, when I stopped trying to like be the perfect healed woman, when I stopped trying to prove to other people that I was healing and I just started letting things go. And that's hard for me because I'm a control freak. I want to control the person, the little person in my head telling me that like I want to fight her, you know, when she starts, you know, talking crazy to me and things like that, like but what can I do but allow that little inner critic to be there but not run my life? That's peaceful for me. Like, listen, we're all going to have moments when we are highly critical of ourselves, when we are being terrible to ourselves. And the peace comes in when we're like, hey, remember what the truth is. The truth is, is that I am good enough. I am worthy. And I may have some stuff with me that I have to sort through. But that's not going to ruin to run my life and ruin my day. And I've just it's just been a work in practice of like not allowing myself to be the damper to my own day. <laughs> and then when it comes to other people, I don't let anybody ruin my day. I used I spent a long time letting people's bad moods and energy throw me off. And I found peace when I stopped doing that. When I stopped taking on other people's stuff as my own stuff. And so, I don't know. And there's no, I wish there was like a guide to peace. But for me, it's just releasing control and letting things go. I think that's it. (laughs) I think that's probably where the answer lies. Al, are you ready to do that? (laughs) 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 Tight grip, tight grip. (laughs) My my knuckles are white, but yeah, it's all good. (laughs) No, it's weird. Like, I like listening to you. Like, I feel like my whole body feels like calm. I do too. My shoulders have dropped. I've like, my muscles are like unclenched a little bit. It's nice. Unfamiliar, but nice. (laughs) I feel floppy and weird, but I like it. (laughs) I love that so much, Alex. Thank you. Thank you so much. We are going to put the link to how we heal in the show notes. Um, Everyone go buy a copy. It's magical. 
dropped it on the floor, sorry. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's magic. so magical. She wants to throw it on <laughs> the floor. Get away from me. I can't handle well, it. it's because my thigh, my thigh muscles weren't clenched like they normally are, so they didn't hold it, hold it up. It just slid right off. It's the like, oh. peace. It's the peace. It's so peaceful. <laughs> Should I delete that is part of the ACAS Creator Network. <laughs>